Hey guys, welcome back to Tribe of Unicorns. Today I'm speaking with Jeej Wiles and Captain Ahab. Want to know what the heck I'm talking about? <laughs> Listen in, we're going to talk about making excuses to actually do something instead of the opposite. So grab a cup of coffee, here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to Tribe of Unicorns. I'm your host, Kendra Beavis, and today I am sitting with Jeej and Captain Ahab. Welcome, guys. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for having us. So um, I will have to use a screenshot of this particular conversation <laughs> because people are probably thinking, um, okay, Captain Ahab, what do you mean? <laughs> so could you fill us in a little bit on your friend there? And um, I would love if you could also speak to your backstory on how he came into your life. Sure. So my grandfather was actually the first caretaker of Captain Ahab, and it all started in 1943 when they were drafted him and uh, his naval comrades who became a bigger family, basically, after World War II. They were all drafted to the Navy, and it was a common naval or service prank, I guess, between the Navy, Air Force, all the, all the services to sort of cause trouble the night before they left for, you know, their big their big tours. And the prank they heard about was commandeering like a lawn gnome or, or something that looked like it hadn't been somewhere, you know, in a, in a while and make a scrapbook while they were out on tour. And the idea was to bring the scrapbook back full filled with letters, maybe plastered with cargo stickers and stamps and, you know, a, a few pictures if anybody had a camera and you leave it, you know, by the door with the, with the lawn gnome when you got back, hide in the bushes type of thing. And when the, when the parents found out what was going on by flipping through the book, they would realize that they neglected something that other people saw as a treasure basically, and would have an icebreaker, like a coffee table scrapbook now to talk about with their friends and, and whatnot. The only problem was my grandfather and his, and his soon to be brothers there his, his war comrades, they got quite inebriated the night they heard the story and couldn't find the house two years later. So <laughs> Captain Ahab came home with them all, but it made them start this tradition. They all bought a farmhouse in the Catskills of New York. Mm -hmm. And it started a tradition which made them all get together in July every year and bring Ahab to, on another adventure, adding to that sort of scrapbook. And fast forward, you know, 50 years into it, I came into the fold. I started um, really hanging out with these older men and, and listening to the, the war stories and the adventure stories. And I was just so involved with it that when I was 19, they passed it on to me and I've been doing it for 19 years since then. Wow. So now how do you carry that on? Where, where do you take Ahab and what's your, your goal with Ahab? Yeah. So with them, I, I think it was just more of a, it, you know, they had a bond from being in the service, but this sort of, they all, I think it was their way to get through like the PTSD shell shock of what they had been through. But for us, it's more, they just showed us how to have fun with anything and make excuses to do things really. So it's turned into much more of a motivator that if our excuse to travel is 43 pounds, your excuses can't be as heavy as ours. So, you know, to start doing the things you want to do because your excuses are only as heavy as you make them. So you must have grown up seeing this, this 
um, relationship between these men and what was that moment like for you when they, they gifted you with this? Yeah. So it was awesome because they, every year there would be like a, a party. And then the after party thing was a card game with them. And it was in their man cave of a barn on this property and everything. And when I stumbled upon the card game, they sort of let me sit in and I was just sort of like the drink fetcher or whatever, you know, yeah. at, at 10 years old, it was the, the coolest profession I could have had at the time. <laughs> and then as I got older, just listen to the stories. And at this point, I'm sure in my mind, I've drafted them to be the perfect story that I, that I tell today, but I'm sure I don't remember as much as I tell type of thing. You know how you, the more you talk about your favorite Christmas or your favorite event, you know, the, the more details tend to come out. Right. But not just listening to them and seeing how they bonded and, and realizing even now, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm 30, I'll be 38 this summer, but I can't imagine having a friend for 50 years. Like relationships are so complicated and these men stayed as a group for 50 years. Wow. So just, you could feel it with them. They were just so close and connected. It was almost annoying how they were all one person in that sense when they were all together, you know, and, and everybody has a friend like that or remembers a friendship and, you know, wishes there was more of them yeah. like that. So, so yeah, when I got them, it, after the card game, they would all throw in about a thousand dollars and whoever won the game wrote on, they all had an envelope with a destination on it. And whoever won the game, that's where they would bring Ahab. So there was sort of like a wild card to it. They all had a place and they all knew where the other one wanted to go. Right. But I'm, I'm sure there was a little, you know, finagling between them who won certain games or who didn't right. type of thing. But yeah. And then uh, my 19th birthday, I went back out to the barn to sort of clean up after them. And they were all still there instead of leaving like usual the day after the card game. And they handed me an envelope and explained to me that Ahab and I should share in all the adventures following this reunion basically and that's when they passed it on to me because they were 19 in the service when they got them so they it was like a rite of passage for my 19th birthday wow wow 19 and going to war I know I can't imagine being in you would think you know back then you're like oh you're 18 you're an adult now and I think that meant something different back then yeah. but I, at the same time I think they were just as much of a 19 year old as any, you remember being 19. There's no way everybody was that grown up going into no. that. So I, I imagine, I can't even imagine actually, I'm, I'm sort of glad I can't imagine and yeah. we've been in, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, so it's been much different for us because it's just been about at first that, you know, I didn't really understand what to do with them. And then as we bumped into more people, and, and things like that. It's just sort of started to mold when people would ask questions and then it would make me think about it differently. And it's evolved into where now he gets to motivate people. We get to travel and speak places. And because we're speaking places, we get to travel more. And it just, it just keeps each end of it keeps helping the other side of this adventure grow. So how much an exciting ride. Did your grandfather get to see? What's that? How much of this did your grandfather get to see? So that's like the other side of this coin. So at 19, I got him super excited to come back to that card table and, the, you know, the reunion and be like, this is all my stories because they're, you know, I'm hearing all these big fish ones for the last 59 years. And that year between my 19th and 20th birthday that summer, all of those men passed away. 
wow. couple in a car accident, a couple, you know, like lung cancer, uh, liver problems, things like that. Wow. And so I'm almost scared to pass it on to the next caretaker because Ahab was sort of their lifeblood. I feel like as soon as they retired, right? you know, it, it is like retirement. If you don't have a hobby, you just sort of slow down to the point where you, if you don't have a purpose type of thing. Yeah. And I'm sure that wasn't it. It was just sheer coincidence. But I, I think they all, clown, they all, uh, they just didn't have, I don't, yeah. So they didn't get to see what it's turned into today. All the grandmothers and, and great aunts and everything got to, got to see it. But I don't even think anybody in the family understands anymore how complex or that level of craziness that I've taken it to. Yeah. So do you have a record of what they did with him when they were overseas or were so they? I was just, I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. It was, so the scrapbook that they made, they actually made one, oh, okay. but they left it at the pub that they were in that night with like their home address and said, can somebody write us a letter? If, you know, we, if you, anybody comes looking or if somebody figures this out, because yeah. all they had was like the location of the town, but it wasn't like, a, you know, a three building town. Right, right. And they, who knows where they went. <laughs> but so I, one day I hope that this, this story gets big enough where somebody's like that, that's been in, sitting on a, a mantle because my grandfather owned that bar or something, you know, like I hope that, oh, that pieces of Ahab's story from the past come back to me slowly as this gets bigger. Yeah. Because that's the biggest part I don't have. All I have is their sort of big fish adventures that they told wow, me. That would be so cool. But, yeah. But it's just, there's, there's definitely pieces. Obviously they didn't realize I'd be speaking on podcasts and at schools and universities and stuff and would have loved more content from the past. You know, they, this was just sort of a, a self-created family hobby. Yeah. Like a lifetime pastime that they had. So. So you've used him in your own life to create um, opportunities for travel, for conversations. Um, what's been like your top three uh, moments with Ahab? So being in, in New England, I've tried to avoid winter more and more yeah. as I've been getting older. And I know I'm not that old, but I've been an old man at heart forever. <laughs> and I enjoy the seasons, but I used to use Ahab as an excuse a lot to find somewhere to go for the winter type of thing. So we trekked through Patagonia for four months down in Chile wow. and for a winter, just to, like I said, get out of the cold. And we almost trekked so far down that it turned back into winter. So that was <laughs> really interesting to see how far we, we went so far, we got back into our, the season we were trying to avoid. Um, same thing, the U S Virgin islands, um, St. John, particularly we went there, same type of thing to volunteer, which is always fun. We always try to find places that we mutual benef benefits to us and wherever we're going. But even things like we've been skydiving and whitewater rafting and all kinds of places. But on the other side of the coin, we've done things like uh, worked a letterpress or went to the New York Comic Con type oh, of thing. Wow. So it's, it's whatever you're passionate about, you should be pursuing. And yeah. it's not just about extreme, like, go 3000 miles or 10,000 miles on a plane and do something really out of your comfort zone. It's it, these things could be in your backyard. If you're passionate about them, it's just, you have to start somewhere. And this has been started for so long. Now there's bigger things that we feel like we can accomplish, or we're making bigger excuses now to yeah. accomplish our goals. How has COVID 
changed anything for you guys? <laughs> so it, it made us hit the reset button like a lot of people because our whole thing for the last about five years, we've been public speakers, motivational speakers speaking at, at places and COVID just stopped that completely. And same thing with the ad adventures and building the content. We were doing little things locally, but we really changed gears and decided we were going to, um, we looked at our list and things that have been uh, on the list for down the road, we just sort of transitioned. Mm -hmm. Like I've always been thinking about at some point, like I mentioned, I have to pass this guy on. Like I just own so many chapters of the story and the book is always unfinished, right? Right. So I thought after I retire, my hobby would be uh, pouring and re restructuring silver to make like Ahab treasure marked coins and things like that. Oh, wow. And since COVID, I decided instead of waiting 15, 20 years, I would start that venture now. So for the last year, we've been, I would... Jenna, my partner and I, we just bought a house and the garage was more falling in on itself. Right. And so a couple of buddies and myself, we decided to rebuild it and structure it to be like a little smithy, a little forge type of, of shop. Oh, that's so cool. And so a week from today, I'll be attempting, making the first attempt at, <laughs> at his pirate treasure. Why do you think that the way you were raised and what you were watching happen between the, the men and their relationship. Do you think that's what gave you the idea that you could kind of do anything? So yes and no, because my grandfather, we, he lived in North Adams. My family's been here forever. I, I love the area and the Birchers, but when he was in North Adams, he was just like, a lot of people would you, if you drove by him, he'd be yelling at you out the window, you know, like shaking his fist, you were doing something wrong. Or he was like a grumpy old umpire for baseball teams and things when I knew him here. But when we went to the place in the Catskills, him and those men, my uncles there were, were completely different people. It's like, if you go to summer camp for a week, it's only one week, but it changes your whole life type of thing. Or you have those memories or those events. So throughout the year, I wasn't so much motivated by how they were acting or, or, you know, they weren't thinking the same way, yeah. but they committed at least a week a year around that time in the summer to making sure the Ahab story, the tale, that book that, you know, the hypothetical same book from the beginning was always added to. And I think learning about that and just seeing them be so passionate about something like they didn't teach me the lessons after I got Ahab about him because they were all gone and I didn't really ask those questions because I didn't even realize he might be mine someday to be honest so but seeing them like my grandfather was drafted into the, the service but he, he picked the navy because he always wanted to be a pirate but missed it by 300 years right <laughs> so growing up I was sort of brainwashed like every Halloween I dressed like a pirate or what it, he would bring like eye patches back when he went to get an eye exam, you know, just silly little things. But you showed me that being passionate about what you want to do. Like I went to school for marine biology, I would teach sailing or I would guide whitewater raft trips locally and things just things where I could dress like a pirate all the time, <laughs> you know, or marine biology to be on a boat in the future type of thing. Yeah. So it's understanding that, like the excuse of Oh, I missed piracy by 350 years, that's just an excuse. So you can be a, a modern day pirate if you want to, or you can have a job that 
reflects a small piece of that where your imagination is always have always has a creative space in that sense and you exercise that creativity yeah what um is your goal with ahab now what's the lesson that you hope people get from hearing these stories and watching your adventures well, I think our goal for the entire thing, the joke from the beginning for us was we're going to make this story so well known that somebody has the other side of the coin. There's a great grandson or granddaughter or great grandchild that's like, we have the other side where we've been hunting for this statue for, you know, almost 80 years because somebody took it from our, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I think if people hear our story, it's, like we were saying earlier, to pursue your passions and make excuses to do all the things on your list. And if you don't have a bucket list or whatever you want to call your to-do list, that's where you start. Yeah. But I think it is just, you make an excuse not to go to the gym and it's, it's just a little white lie to yourself type of thing. But then if you start doing it with little things, you start making excuses for the bigger things and you're practicing making excuses and you only get better when you practice at things. Yeah. So I would like everybody to do it the other way where you practice making excuses to do things or you set that date on the calendar to do them. Because when you practice it the other way, even if it's just, I'm going to go out in my yard every day and you know, you start with one plant in your yard or like a little garden and then every year you make it bigger, right? You don't start by jumping into something humongous. Mm -hmm. You just, you practice and make those check-in points for yourself because the more time you invest, even if it's five minutes a day, or a week, every time you add to that, it's going to add up to something eventually. Yeah. Just moving the needle a tiny bit every day before you mm -hmm. know it. That's what I loved most about your story. I mean, I love the camaraderie and that part of the story, but I love the idea of flipping the narrative around excuses. It just, that really, I can't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I probably mm -hmm. mentioned your name to, to like, 50 people since I saw your story. Um, I just think that's such a powerful thought to, you know, and I do it with, um, I'll, I'll say it to my children with when they'll say something um, negative or pessimistic, or they assume the worst is going to happen. You know, I always say like, well, assume the best, or instead right. of, um, you know, oh, of course that happened, something negative, do the opposite. Of course that happened, something amazing. Um, and so when I heard you say that, and I was just like, oh, that makes so much sense. I'm going to make an excuse for me to take a chance. I'm going to not be held back by fear and, and use this idea of the excuse to do something as the catalyst to actually give me the courage to do it and get past whatever block it was. So I just bravo. And thank you for being in this world with this story. <laughs> Well, and everybody doesn't get like Ahab doesn't motivate me per se because of all the things we've done or because of the the burden of a family legacy, we'll say, right? It, the burden is still heavy and they picked a very heavy, physically heavy <laughs> object to leave me. I know, with. Like, sometimes I wish he was right? a little teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, it, just like you were saying, the this is especially in the climate now. Yeah. Like we're we're pointing fingers and trying to assign blame but we're all in this together. Like we're all cousins in, in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And like making excuses for things or fighting hate with hate in that sense 
whether it's with yourself about these excuses or whatever it is like that, that equation never balances out. No. And we all have to just take a minute and really like think about what we're doing and, and try to be, you know, like hold a door for somebody or smile when you walk by somebody instead of saying it type of thing. And it'll just ripple the same way it, it it's, it's just as easy to hold the door for somebody as it is to type a comment on social media. Yeah. But we seem to be doing one more than the other lately. And it's just, we have to rebalance the equation a little bit. Yeah. And I think without the social interaction that we all need because of COVID limiting us to, you know, the pods of people that we interact with the most, it's just without that, you know, giving people hugs or handshaking or just, just seeing as many people out in the world as you normally do in that interaction, I think it's affecting us a lot more than people want to realize. But when people write about these couple of years, a decade or two from now, it's going to be very obvious that we all sort of, we took the low road instead of the high road in some ways. And I hope we get better at it moving forward. Yeah. Well, I, you know, highlighting people like yourself who are out there being the light and fighting um, the darkness with the light is, you know, so important. So and I do have to, there's a little disclaimer, like I am not, I, I don't always follow my own rules. And I, I have plenty of enemies out there in that sense. It's not like you can have a perfect relationship with everybody. But when you check in with yourself at the end of the day or week or month or whenever, as long as you're progressing towards something better, whether yeah. it's your goals or just your your health, mentally, physically, anything. It's just, you should be moving forward. Everybody slips once in a while, of course, but you just, perfect. you can only sort of govern yourself in that sense. You're the only one that actually knows if you're doing things right or wrong. Like you don't need somebody to tell you. Everybody has that sort of self-policing in that sense. And I just, I think we really have to get back to that sort of self-reflection, Yeah. whether it's with goals you wanted to, even if it's something silly, like I just want to see this national park and it might seem selfish, but it's, those things make you healthier as a person and it gives your outlook on life. Just once you understand more of the world, you're going to understand more people and more just the way people grew up or the way people interact in the world. Like we're all different, but if we didn't have those people that are polar opposites of you, we'd probably be in a much worse place also. Yeah. I think those differences make us, you know, so interesting. And, and like you were saying about COVID kind of isolating everybody, um, and you don't get that opportunity to get out there and be around people who have different opinions, um, and exposing yourself to things that maybe scare you or things you don't understand. Um, when you allow yourself to get out there, when we have that opportunity again, I hope that people take it as a, a you know, an excuse to get to know people better and stop judging yeah. before you really understand where someone's coming from or what their story is, or just don't judge. And it's exciting to, you know, it's starting to turn into spring almost on time in new England, which is very weird right now. I'm sure we'll get another blizzard soon, Yes, but I'm, I'm getting excited that, you know, COVID is almost over and we've been planning on this the whole time instead of waiting until, you know, we heard it was okay. It's, it's having those sort of plans in place so you can hit the ground running again because the world isn't it's probably not going to go back to exactly the same but we're going to get back into some kind of normality where we're all interacting again yeah. and everybody should be excited about that and preparing for it and especially now definitely making a bucket list and yeah and having 
getting the most out of this this nice season coming basically while we can better than it ever was before we could hope right because mm-hmm. I think people are realizing the importance of other people and relationships and connections. And I mean, how many Zoom calls can you do before you like actually touch someone's hands? Um, right. You know, there's, there's, this is amazing. And, and the connections that I've been able to make with people over the internet are so wonderful, but at the same time, like I just miss people. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and I'm, I'm a hugger type of yeah. you know, person. So it's just like, I've neglected my own health yeah. in that sense for so long now. But yeah, and it, it's also crazy. Like when, usually when we share the story, we trade it for a picture with that person and being on podcasts and doing the other things virtually, there's so many people that we've sort of broken our own rules now that I have to hunt down like you and so many other people to take a picture with them eventually, because there's yes. people that have been part of the story. Now it's getting to the point where it's big enough where people hear about it and they didn't hear it through us. That's so we're true. trying to juggle how our mission was to get everybody that knows about him a picture with them and make it more virtual and have yeah. as many details covered and documented as I can before my time as caretaker is over because the the last caretakers there's just big gaps where I can't I can only talk about it and I wish there was more visuals yeah I'm sure when the next caretaker has them they're gonna say oh Jeej didn't do x y and z but they're good at it because it's just a whole new fresh generation right so it's it's, I'm trying to yeah leave as many fill as many holes as I can as I go that way it's just smoother for them where can um, people find out more about you guys? And is there a, like a repository for your travel um, or is there a map with pins so we could see like where you've been? Yeah, so usually the, we just, we're finishing up Ahab's office right now, basically, but the wall behind me is bare. I haven't figured out how I wanna have it in the background for these podcasts and things. But ahabsadventures.com has 9,000, maybe we passed 10,000 photos of them at this point. And they're all on the website. Um, At Ahab's Adventures on most social media, but I will say we're we're slowly cutting social media. We'll always use it, but it's not going to be the focus anymore. We've seen sort of the worst side of it with COVID and I I don't want to, to keep going down that road. So the website is really where it's always all of his content's always been every piece of his story that that we've put together or know about or can composite in one place is all there. So cool. And I would assume in the future, people can find out where you guys are going to be and maybe do a virtual meetup or I'm not virtual, like real life, actual <laughs> in person. <laughs> yeah. So usually on, on the site, there's Ahab's, he has his bucket list, but we have like what's coming up and things like that. And right now we're, we're transitioning, realizing that COVID isn't going to be as restrictive this year. So we're starting to fill in that list again. Ooh, but his bucket list is <laughs> his bucket list is comprised of like if you give us an idea, it goes on there type of thing because we okay. want to show people that if Ahab can do it, you really have no excuse not to. Oh, um, but for trips this year, we're I think we're gonna venture into Vermont a lot more mm-hmm. and do, you know, like some of the parks up there and and combined it with brewery like the vermont passport for the Mm -hmm. breweries and things just to to make it i don't know a well-rounded type of get outside and have a beer in vermont i think that's 
I know it's not their slogan, but if you see how many breweries have popped up in Vermont in the last 10 years, you would think it's a better one. Yeah. But that's a, that's a big one on our list for this year. And it's sort of, it's not as local, but it's within three hours for us. So they're very manageable, like weekend trips with COVID. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of trips planned around Texas that got rain checked because of COVID. That's where we have a lot of friends in Austin. Mm -hmm. um, and we are invited by NASA to have a private tour down in Houston. So that'll be really awesome when that is, you know, everything's back to normal. But yeah, we're just getting back into it and trying to figure out where we're going to be speaking in the fall and what trips we can plan around those locations to just get the most out of, you know, our, our calendar this year. Ahab should totally be like a test passenger in that. Well, maybe <laughs> after they stop blowing them up, but right. The, uh, the SpaceX rockets. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I always want to get a hold of them and say they would be awesome to have the first lawn gnome in space, even though he's 43 pounds. I'm pretty sure yeah. the the cost of that is astronomical compared to a, a little teddy bear type of thing. But yeah, also Elon Musk is always like, I expect them to blow up every time. So I'm not sure I want to put Ahab in a rocket, even though I know he doesn't want them to. Yeah. He's just like, I, he thought his car would blow up and now he's got a yeah, you know, his car in space. And he's like, I didn't expect that to happen. So there's, um, uh, I guess he's a YouTuber, um, everyday astronaut. And mm -hmm. he's got, um, his whole lead down there. He could be like on his Boca Chica, one of those, those, uh, you know, watching the, yeah. the rocket. We're going to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and there's so many, and, and it's great because like, I, I have certain you know, favorites in my background and what I like to do for adventures and things, but incorporating everybody into the list and right. yeah, doing these things. It's definitely showing through right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like going to the New York comic convention, like I'm, I've always been a, a gamer since I was a kid and things like that, but i never was really into comics or even that side of the, like the hundreds of hours of, of time they put into their cosplay and everything. But going there, you see how passionate everybody is about what they're passionate about. And it makes you more passionate or more curious about being involved or asking questions. And that's all Ahab really does too. So it's the same type of things. When I carry them, we're not like, hey, hey, come talk to us. We want to tell you something. It's whoever lets their guard down enough through their curiosity to ask starts a genuine conversation because you did let your guard down and you are genuinely curious. And then we can talk about things you don't normally talk about, like what you're passionate about or, yeah. and you don't tell strangers that, but you should be so excited about your goals that you're telling everybody. Cause once you're telling everybody, somebody that you don't know has the answer to whatever hurdles in your way for your goal. And once your eyes and ears are open to that, you start realizing that, it's somebody in your town that you walk by every day, knows something that's going to take you two years to figure out by yourself or right. things like that. And the more you connect yourself to people, the easier all your outcomes become. I, my podcast has been my Ahab. I'm just realizing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was your icebreaker, right? You get to meet people. You're like, here's my excuse. Yep. Like, come right. on my show and do this. And everybody's like, well, that's seems, you know, very logical. I'll do that. And then all of a sudden you have this conversation and you don't know where it goes and, yeah. and you're connected to more people. Yep. That's, that's very true. That's <laughs> funny. So, um, 
I think that's everything I wanted to ask you. So you're, um, you have a Patreon if anyone wants to help, um, you know, with your goals with the, and starting these connections and getting him out there. Um, yeah. So we, we started a Patreon last February and then COVID hit in March. So it was supposed to be, you know, this thing about, you know, we'll show you what we're doing sort of behind the scenes as we go. And there'll be a little swag on the way type of thing. Yeah. And now it's turned into all the funding from the Patreon actually funds like new, new projects in terms of we made like bandanas and temporary tattoos and bookmarks and just things where it, Ahab gets into more niches. Like if you, if your goal is to read 12 books this summer, you can have the Jolly Roger, like on a bookmark type of thing yeah. where it, it's just like, if you're not part of our crew, then the Jolly Roger should scare you because we will commandeer your life one way or another. <laughs> but if you're a part of the crew, it's a motivational, yeah, you know, Jolly Roger type of thing. So yeah, that's every, every penny we make off of speaking and the Patreon and everything else. Ahab just has his own bank account, essentially, and it all furthers helping people complete goals or, you know, progressing Ahab's ongoing story and adding people to it. So it's always been an exciting life hobby instead of a, you know, a career for me anyways. I'm always, this is always my side gig in a way. I never, I never feel like I've worked a day with Ahab over the last 19 years. So cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I cannot wait to see where you guys go next and what you do next and what, uh, how people take this and make it their excuse to not be afraid to do things. Yeah, and all the thanks cheers on is on our end. Cause I can't believe people are still asking us to share this story, but you know, I'm surprised every time I, I <laughs> never get sick of talking about Ahab. It's well, let's say, you know, I'm like a proud parent in that yeah, sense, yeah. where it's everybody's like, you're crazy, or that's not, you know, that's not as exciting to me. But everybody, I, we're motivated by hearing how motivated other people get, or somebody gets a hold of us and says, we finally did this thing we put off for so long because of Ahab. And when, when you think about it, it's just so silly that like a, this lawn gnome is motivating so many people through this, but it's just making up an excuse why you want to do things instead of not. And that's all you have to commit to. After that, everything falls into place. Love it. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to put all your links in the show notes and um, people can find you on your website um, or uh, the, your unicorn page. Um, but either way, people need to connect with you and, <laughs> and take on this, this uh, movement too. Wow, I loved this episode. I hope you guys got as much out of it as I did. Since meeting Gigi, I have actually been practicing this idea of creating an excuse for action instead of the opposite. And the amount of things that I have done in the last few months has been notably different. Much, much more than I would have done in the past. So I really wanted to thank Jeej for coming on and sharing his story with us. I love the idea that this is carrying on a legacy of his grandfather's, and I can't wait to see the ripple effect of how it affects the world. Guys, you can make these changes in your life. You can be the light. You can share your story. 
If you think you're a unicorn and you have a story to share, please contact me and let me know what you want to share with this world and the ripple effect you want to make. If this episode spoke to you or you're just loving Tribe of Unicorns, leave us a review on iTunes, send me a message on Instagram, whatever it is, connect with me somehow and let me know what do you want to hear more of? What do you love about this this podcast and how can we help create content that you're connecting with more? I've loved hearing all of your feedback so far. The things that you guys are taking away from these episodes is so heartwarming and exciting. So let's keep it growing. Let's keep it going. And let me know what your your thoughts are. Have a fantastic day and I will see you next week.